You're tuned into tomorrow. Right here on the Advanced Media Network. What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates? Well, solving your tax problems is as easy as calling Taxes 321. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. You need the best representation to give you peace of mind. You need experienced professionals that can cut through the red tape and stop the collection process. If you have a serious problem with the IRS, call the Taxes 321 network today. We'll get them off your back. 800-510-0338. Welcome into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline, the interactive radio network program with the latest in high-tech products and services and the experts who bring them to you. This is Into Tomorrow. Here's Dave Graveline. For the weekend of Friday, January 1st, 2021, it's our 26th year on the air. Happy New Year's weekend, our first show of the new year. Thank you for tuning Into Tomorrow. I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline, and we made it through 2020. Yeah, kind of. So far, 2021 isn't any different. Yeah, I know. Should it have been? I mean, people were expecting that it was just going to be a miraculous difference. We're out of 2020. It's much of the same. But let's hope. There's hope. And speaking of hope, uh, we've got, of course, our team gathered around to take your questions, your comments, your concerns to help solve your digital dilemmas. It's what we do once again this year, our 26th year, as I mentioned. Horatio in New York City likes to be called H. Erasmo in South Beach, we don't call him E. Maybe we should. Yeah, maybe we should. Kim and Coconut Creek, Nosami and Hialeah Gardens, and Beth in Naples. The team is just anxiously awaiting your phone call or your audio app participation on the program. If you don't already have our Into Tomorrow app, shame, shame, shame. Did you know that it's free and it takes up a little tiny bit of space? It's not like these apps that just take up enormous space. Just a little bit of space. And you can hear the show 24-7. The last seven weeks of our broadcasts are streaming for you the whole time. And you get some tech news. Go figure. And uh, just a whole bunch of information. Including links to all the many posts on our site. Oh, that's true. Yeah, of course. All of our posts. Uh, can we get to this week in tech history, history, history? I'm from pretty there, sure you can. Well, we either way, we can get there by way of getting to the website. Just contact us that way. But there's a button on the main page of the app. That says, message the studio. And you sound like you're right here in the studio with us. And we love it when you use our app. In fact, we tell you we love you for using the app. So it's really easy. Or the old-fashioned way still works, and it's toll-free from anywhere in North America. What might that be? 800-899-INTO, which is 800-899-4686. Oh, okay. For the numerically slash alphanumerically challenged, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Some tech news and commentary, and then we'll get back to your calls. Uh, Ray in Niagara Falls is standing by with a question or comment or some other consumer tech concern. We'll address it. 
news out of the UK that calls for a facepalm. References to decades-old computer software are included in the latest Brexit agreement. What? (laughs) Including a description of Netscape Communicator and Mozilla Mail as being, quote, modern services. Oh, my gosh. Experts believe that officials must have copied and pasted chunks of text from old legislation into the document. The references are in a section on encryption technology. Wait, this is in the U.K.? Yes. It sounds a whole lot more like our U.S. Congress. Yeah. (laughs) Just copy and pasting. Yeah. So the document also recommends using systems that are now vulnerable to cyber attacks. The text cites, quote, modern email software packages, including Outlook, Mozilla Mail, as well as Netscape Communicator 4. (laughs) The latter two are now defunct. For a long time. The last major release of Netscape Communicator was in 1997. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, are they on the ball. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty bizarre. I mean, that just goes to show you that uh, their government, they're there to help. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And they're just not helping. But I'll bet it wasn't a 5,000-plus page document. Probably not. Yeah. Only Pelosi can do that right. uh, and, and get nothing accomplished. But, oh, my gosh. But we digress. Uh, that's pretty bizarre. Making reference to Netscape and, and stuff that is so old. And it makes you wonder, why doesn't anyone read this before it goes, in their case, to the House of Commons or, you know, to allow a bill to be passed in the U.S. Congress or something? Because well, they all get paid to, to make laws, not read them. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> true. Gee. And, and, and not read them is, is actually correct. Holy cow. The computer repair shop owner tied to the New York Post reporting on Hunter Biden sued Twitter this past week, claiming the tech giant defamed him by incorrectly calling him a hacker. The man, known as John Paul Mac Isaac, interesting long name, is demanding $500 million in damages and a public retraction from Twitter. Twitter throttled links to the story based on its policy against quote-unquote hacked materials. In the lawsuit, Mac Isaac says this branding of him as a hacker led to him having to close his computer shop. Mac Isaac says he is now widely considered a hacker and received negative online reviews and even death threats against his person and property. I personally hope that he gets the five hundred million from Twitter. Yeah, I mean, it'd be because that Rasputin anyway. weirdo, uh, you know, owner of Twitter needs to be taught a lesson at some point. Yeah, and in the, the I've said Facebook and Twitter, especially the worst things to happen to America in decades. And while it's good for some antisocial communication here and there, things like this. Are, are absurd. This poor guy's gone out of business now in his computer repair shop that he had forever and is suing. I hope he wins. Probably wouldn't get that kind of money even if he did win. But, man, I hope he pursues that. And I hope he's got good attorneys working for him that are not even charging him. They'll just take a piece of the action, which is fine. They deserve it. Mm-hmm. And go after these morons. Yeah, and you said his name was Mac, so it's a uh, John Paul Mac John Paul Isaac. Yeah. So a very appropriate name for a computer repair guy. <laughs> yes, well, and especially since he used to, when he had it open, repair a lot of Macs, yeah. among other things, including regular PCs. But you know, that, I feel bad for this guy. You know, yeah. and Twitter just, of course, with their holier than thou nonsense. You know, just basically, I don't think they ever called him a hacker per se, but they branded him as such. And then constantly, you know, corrected people. Uh, I use air quotes on corrected uh, on the various tweets that went out supporting this poor guy. 
It's a shame. It is. So let's see what happens. We'll follow that, of course. Like anything else in the courts, it'll take forever. But let's hope that they're able to accomplish something, and Twitter just gets more than just a slap on the wrist. Internet domain management company GoDaddy has apologized after an email that promised employees a Christmas bonus in the midst of a pandemic-related economic troubles turned out to be a computer security test. What? A spokesman for the company said, GoDaddy takes the security of our platform extremely seriously. We understand some employees were upset by the phishing attempt and felt it was insensitive, for which we have apologized. He says, while the test mimicked real attempts in play today, we need to do better and should be more sensitive to our employees. Around 500 employees clicked on a December email from the company offering a Christmas bonus of $650 and asking them to fill out a form with their personal details. Oh. Two days later, a different message appeared in their inboxes saying, quote, you are receiving this email because you failed our recent phishing test. Oh, my gosh. They could have done any <laughs> number of things other than promising their own employees a bonus. Yeah. And instead, they screwed their own employees and GoDaddy, I'm sure, didn't give them a bonus in the long run yeah, anyway. I think the employees should get together and sue them for the bonus. Oh, of course. Nice <laughs> class action suit from yeah. all the employees. Of course, they'll, they'll then be former employees, but get their money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Then they can go to work for somebody else who takes it more seriously. I mean, if they wanted to test their fishing, I get it. Fishing with the pH, of course. But they didn't have to do it in that yeah, manner. Don't, don't, do something right, else. Don't that, pose it as a bonus in right. a year when everybody's struggling financially oh, and could use God. a bonus. And that's why I don't use GoDaddy anymore, among other reasons. But that's another good reason to just not use them. If that's how they treat their employees, that's nuts. You mentioned earlier the 5,000-page COVID-19 bill. There's yeah. a lot of things in there that have – most things have absolutely nothing to do with oh, COVID-19. 90% of, yeah. or more had nothing to do with COVID-19 right. Including relief. Including some tech items. Um, tucked away in that 5,000-page-long uh, you know, long bill is a new law that severely punishes streamers that pirate large amounts of copyrighted content. Oh. Now, you've got probably nothing to worry about. The law specifies that it doesn't apply to people who use illegal streaming services or, quote, individuals who access pirated streams or unwittingly stream unauthorized copies of copyrighted works. Rather, it's focused on commercial, for-profit streaming piracy services that make money from illegally streaming copyrighted material. Um, It's said that the practice costs the U.S. economy nearly $30 billion a year. Wow. Last year, the Department of Justice charged two computer programmers from Las Vegas for illegal pirating thousands of hours of television shows from Netflix and Hulu oh, and streaming them on websites called iStream It All and Jetflix. <laughs> One man admitted to earning more than a million dollars from his piracy operations. Holy cow. So, so he was so, charging people for it, but obviously considerably less than Netflix would charge or right. something. So under this new law, people wow. like him would be eligible for 10 years in prison. Oh, good. <laughs> because now that is flat out copyright infringement. Yeah. And um, on other things, I mean, like Netflix, and not to feel sorry for Netflix or something, but all of these streaming companies pay for their content. Either they create it themselves and pay for it, or they buy it from other production sources and so forth. They've got to pay for it. And it's just like piracy with, with music. You know, we've always said for now 26 years on this show, if you have a favorite artist or a favorite band or something, the last thing you want to do is pirate their music. Because they may not be around long enough for you to get more new stuff. So same thing like this. You know, if it's too good to be true, it isn't true. You know, if Netflix is, what, now fourteen ninety nine a month or, or more, uh, and you can get it for $5 a month? Well, you need to question that. Yeah. And the fact that this legislation uh, claims to not go after you for receiving it, 
it's going to be shut down because they're going to go after the people who are doing it. But to make that much money even, wow, that's a whole lot of people that were subscribing to his unofficial streams. Mm -hmm. Pretty bizarre. KFC does PCs. Uh You hear about that? Uh, Behold the chicken warming game console. KFC and a company called Cooler Master have teamed up on what they're calling the KF console or KFC console. KF console. It's an Intel Nuke 9 gaming PC that's shaped like a bucket and can keep your chicken warm. The device also has virtual reality capabilities and can support 4K TV gaming. Mm-hmm. So, I guess for a lot of gamers who probably eat a lot of KFC as they're binge gaming and doing LAN parties throughout a whole week or something, we'll probably get a kick out of this. I don't know how many people will buy them. But. Well, I, I haven't seen anything said anywhere, any announcements of price or even if it's ever going to be available or uh, be able to be bought. But I see a couple of you know major problems with this. You're putting fried chicken into a game system, so you're going you're gonna to have fried chicken grease all over your fingers. Yeah, and which then, are, which are finger-licking good. Right. And so then, now it's on your, and your joystick. Your, and, right. and another problem is what happens to all the grease that then drips off that chicken into the, the game system? Ah, see, they, they didn't think about that. Or they did, and they figured that'll be good because then we'll have to have people buy new game consoles. Yeah, so I guess we have to wait and see because, you know, it's the, the Internet's divided as to whether or not this is actually a real product or, yeah. not, or just another marketing ploy. But I'm wondering for our audience, if it is a real product or ultimately comes out, would you buy one? 800-899-INTO or use the audio option on the Into Tomorrow app. Very curious about whether you think this is cool or just a ploy or just a a marketing gimmick for KFC to get us, other people like us, to talk about them on the air. Which, of course, we did. Because if it's going to become reality, it's going to be interesting. I just can't imagine them selling a whole lot of these. Ray in Niagara Falls, New York, listens online, and we welcome you into tomorrow. Hey, Ray. Yeah, Dave. I've always heard there's a machine you could put on your cable to eliminate the commercials. It's just getting too much, all these commercials. There was one string of commercials, eight commercials all at one time. It's just too much, and they're the same ones over and over and over again. There's got to be a way to eliminate them, I hope. Yeah, there is, Ray. Unplug. Yeah. Just unplug. Get rid of <laughs> that will get rid of them. Unfortunately, it'll get rid of your shows, too. But you're probably thinking of DVRs that allow you to skip commercials on recorded shows. Those do exist, but the best bet uh, would be to talk to your cable company to see what they offer, if anything. There are third-party DVRs from big companies like TiVo that offer the feature, but it will typically require buying an expensive device and committing to a monthly payment. Your cable company may offer you a better deal, even though we always hate cable companies, but sometimes they might have a better deal. And again, keep in mind, it will only, if at all, only be on recorded shows. There's no way to skip commercials on something live. You can't jump ahead in live time. Now, what do they call that feature? Depends, of course, on your cable company. For example, Comcast calls it Smart Resume. Dish calls it Auto Hop. Because, see, they have the hopper. Mm -hmm. Uh, TiVo devices call it Skip Mode. 
Yeah. Now, of course, if you're doing uh, off the air, there's a uh, you know, tableau we've talked about for, you know forever. They've started um, offering a service like that um, in early 2020 for two dollars a month for cord cutters that'll let you record and skip commercials. And that's tableau, and yeah. we've talked them up a lot. We like tableau, and again, it's for over the air. So at your local stations, you can record and then you can skip commercials. And two dollars a month is very reasonable. Yeah. Especially compare it to satellite or cable or most any other. So even Hulu keeps hiking their prices, that kind of stuff. Yeah, but I used to complain about the commercials on regular broadcast or network TV, and it's it's only gotten worse, I think, with streaming. I've talked to you about you know the issues I have with commercial breaks on, on streaming content that I watch on some of the apps or, mm-hmm. or streaming services. Where I mean, I've I've had them where it's been like a you know a five or six minute commercial break with only three commercials that seem to rotate in the whole break. Oh, yeah. So I get the same three commercials. I've had, I had one where it's played the same commercial four times in a row oh. in a break. I see, that's just really poor programming. Yeah. And and their continuity directors need to get their act together I've because also they're had, playing the same thing I've over and over. I've also had, because in South Florida, I've had a lot of Spanish commercials on these shows. And you know, oh. and I'm, not, I'm not making a political statement about speaking English in America. <laughs> My complaint is if I'm, I'm watching a show or something in English, it stands to reason, serve me up an English ad. Yeah. I find myself reaching for that mute button because it's just, it, it annoys me. I don't understand a word of these commercials. Why are you going to throw a Spanish commercial in an English show? I, I know. And mute beats shooting your TV. Yeah. You know, it's like, I'm frustrated enough already. But that's a good point. And we get it all the time here in South Florida. Probably other parts of the country have to put up with it, too. But again, that's very poor planning on the on the part of, in our case, Concast, that does that sort of thing, where they either repeat the same commercials or they mix Spanish in the middle of it. You know, fine, put it on the Spanish channels. That's expected. I bet they don't play English commercials on those channels. Well, and it's the same advertisers that I've seen English commercials yeah. for on other shows. So why not just serve me up the English commercials? Yeah. It is frustrating. Yeah. I mean, so not only, Ray, can we relate to your concerns, especially when they're long commercial breaks, but I've said over the years on our show that I pretty much don't watch any live TV except for news. And once in a while, I used to watch some sports. You know, I might watch a Dolphin game. I, I just watched the last 10 minutes of the last one, which blew me away. <laughs> but but the NFL can take a hike, as far as I'm concerned, with all their nonsense. So I don't watch them anymore. But you've got to have, if you're into sports, you've got to watch sports live. And if you know if you want to be updated on news, you've got to see the news live. But otherwise, I record everything on the DVR, and I zip through the commercials. You know, my, my standard, as you well know, my standard lunch routine every day so I don't eat too fast is I'll watch a 30-minute sitcom in 23 minutes, pretty much. Intotomorrow.com. We want to hear from you anytime. 800-899-INTO. Thousands of people contact InventHelp monthly about their invention or new product. Do you think companies would be interested in your idea? Do you want to try to get a patent? Call InventHelp now. Best of all, the call and information are free. InventHelp keeps your idea confidential, explaining every step of the invention process. We create professional materials and submit them to companies who are looking for new ideas in your category. We have more than 9,000 companies who have agreed to review new ideas in confidence. If a company shows interest in manufacturing your invention, we can negotiate on your behalf. We have helped over 10,000 clients receive patents. We offer 3D modeling and animation, prototyping services, and we use state-of-the-art technology to present client ideas to additional companies. Join people just like you who made the call to invent help. You have nothing to lose. Call us for free information at 1-800-460-1663. That's 1-800-460-1663. Again, 1-800-460-1663. 
This is Dogface Derek from Pembroke Pines, Florida, wishing my guru, Dave Graveline, and all the Into Tomorrow Maniacs happy holidays. Now back to you, brother. <laughs> Thank you, Derek. Wow, we got some fun listeners that do like to turn it on for us. And thank you for the holiday wishes. And yes, a very happy New Year's weekend to everyone tuned into tomorrow. I am Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. Jump aboard the time machine. You got mail. Time to head into yesterday with this week in tech history. History, 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 history. Here's Chris. History. This week in 1940, the Federal Communications Commission got its very first demonstration of FM radio. The new medium, free of interference, static, and noise and thunderstorms, was developed by Major E.H. Armstrong. The first FM transmitter was put into operation in 1941. In 1954 this week, the duoscopic TV receiver was unveiled. The TV set allowed a person or group to watch two different shows at the same time. Cool. It was a primitive picture-in-picture split screen that was tested in New York City and Chicago. Basically, two people sitting on different sides of the room Mm -hmm. looking at a different angle saw a different picture on the TV. (laughs) Didn't last long, though. No. No! In 1957, the Hamilton Watch Company was the first to introduce an electric watch, the Hamilton Electric 500. The watch was worn by Elvis Presley, who also featured it in the movie Blue Hawaii. That ought to keep the little squirts happy. In 1972 this week, President Richard M. Nixon announced that NASA would proceed with the development of a reusable, low-cost space shuttle system. He signed a $5.5 billion bill for its creation. And this week in 1977, Apple Computer was incorporated in Cupertino, California, after being launched earlier in the year in the garage of the home that Steve Jobs shared with his parents. That's our look back at This Week in Tech History, brought to you by IFA in Berlin, the most significant trade show for consumer electronics and home appliances. For more info, visit ifa-berlin.com. And this year, we plan to be there once again, our 19th year, in person. Now is a great time to replace your worn-out windows during the Renewal by Anderson 25-Year Savings Event. Upgrade your home today. Buy four windows and get the fifth one free. Plus, get 12 months with no interest, no money down, and no payments. Call now. Get four windows and get the fifth one free. Installation and warranty included. Renewal by Anderson takes every CDC-recommended safety precaution to protect your family. For 25 years, people have trusted us for their window replacement needs, and you can too. Call now to learn about our buy four, get the fifth one free window replacement offer. 800-296-1440. 800-296-1440. Again, that's 800-296-1440. Interest accrues from date of purchase, but is waived if paid in full within 12 months. Other conditions apply. We've adjusted our operations to serve you safely following all CDC guidelines. 800-296-1440. Welcome back into Tomorrow. I'm Dave Graveline, now in our 25th year on the air, covering the latest in consumer tech. We always, of course, want to hear from you, our audience, any questions, comments, concerns that you may have involving anything relating to consumer technology. Maybe you've got a digital dilemma that we can solve for you. We want to be able to do just that. And you can call anytime, 24-7. The best way, of course, with the audio option on the free Into Tomorrow app. 
Just search your favorite app store for those two words, Into Tomorrow. Snag our app and participate that way. Or you can call toll-free from anywhere in North America, 1-800-899-INTO. 800-899-4686. And participate that way. Either way, we would love to have you on the show. Our next guest is with a Silicon Valley robotics company that designs and manufactures mobile service robots. I can already tell I want one, whatever it might be. I want one because it's going to be helpful. The CEO and co-founder of Omni Labs is Dr. Tuck Vu. Tuck, welcome into tomorrow. Thanks so much for joining us. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, hello, Dave and everyone. Thank you for having me. It's a I'm pleasure. I'm excited to be here. Oh, it's a pleasure. We're excited to have you as well. Tell me first a little bit about Omni Labs, and then we'll get into some of the robotic uh, service assistance. Yeah, of course. Uh, so we started Omni Labs in 2015, and the idea was that we wanted to create uh, service robots that can help bring value to our user, really improving the quality of life. You know, robots are not that new, right? Yeah, they've been um, around yeah, they've been for around a while, even though for a while, exactly. as, as consumers, we may not have had much experience with robots unless we've gotten a, a vacuum robot exactly. or you know, something like yeah. that. Yeah. But you yeah, they've been around for a while. Yeah, but most of the robots are actually stuck in industrial settings, right, for manufacturing, for logistic use cases. Um, and, you know, you're absolutely right. They're not much in kind of like uh, social setting uh, yeah. for consumer. And so we want to change that. Uh, we want to build robots that can be around all of us and, you know, doing tasks uh, for us uh, to help our lives better. I see. And uh, so you have multiple products available now and certainly others, I'm sure, in development. So uh, when you talk about a service robot, does that mean a robot that I can say, go get me a beer uh, and it'll go to the refrigerator and get me a, a refreshing adult beverage and bring it back to me? Or or what other kinds of services uh, are your robots capable of? Uh, we definitely want one of those uh, robots as well. <laughs> so that's something we're working on. Uh, but we're starting out with uh, a robots that uh, focus more on communication uh, because, you know, we think that's what uh, one of the big value we can bring to our user. So think of it as your um, like teleporting uh, the device allow you to be, you know, miles away, right, uh, with a click of a button. And then you can drive around and have two-way video and audio communication with the other side. Hmm. So it's almost uh, virtually being there, obviously, is certainly one advantage. But are you then, when you talk about, uh, um, you know, driving around or something, you're not really driving and using video because that would be very dangerous, right? Uh, but when you say the ability maybe to move around your home, is that is that kind of what you're referring to? That is exactly, yeah. So oh. basically moving around in the environment, whether it's home or school uh, or even the office space. Okay. Um, in fact, I have prepared a robot uh, to give you a little demo. Oh, terrific. <laughs> if you well, want to check it out. We would absolutely love to see that. So do share it with us and then tell us, uh, for those listening on the radio and not yet mm -hmm. seeing the video at intotomorrow.com, mm -hmm. describe what it is that you're showing. Absolutely. Um, should I do a share screen now? Sure, absolutely. Uh, you can do that because we have the technology with our Zoom interviews. <laughs> so share the your screen. Technology has been, you know, moving so fast right now. Everything, you know, moved to online. Yeah. Uh, but what you're seeing here is uh, actually like a sort of like a portal 
uh, that allow uh, me to see all the robots that I have access to, uh-huh. and which is a click of button, then I can really dial into a robot. This robot it actually plays in our office in Silicon Valley. Okay, so and, now we're uh, we're seeing what looks like a maybe a research and development center in this in is our manufacturing offices. facility right here. Okay, and so I'm controlling the robot. I can turn it around. You can see me moving around. Um, that's giving you like a full view of what's going on in the manufacturing floor. And I'm assuming now you can move the robot up and down those halls Absolutely. that we're looking at. So oh wow! Now he's that's what I'm moving here. <laughs> yeah, so really, you're giving us a, a tour in this case of the manufacturing facility and going up and down these aisles and being able to see what's going on. Uh, I don't see any people. So is the entire facility robotic? <laughs> <laughs> we're getting there, but uh, it's actually still a bit early uh, for a tech company in California. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so I would think. You, you still need humans to help people. out, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the, the cool thing is we can actually do a lot of interesting stuff with the robot. For example, we can, you know, control it so that it can look all the way up or all the way down. And so covering like a really wide range of view. Uh, few wow. of yeah. So uh, again, for those listening on the radio, not yet seeing the video, uh, he was able to tilt up. We saw the whole ceiling and now we saw the whole floor and now it's back to the manufacturing uh, mm-hmm. office space as well right. that we're looking at. Pretty cool. And not uh, more than that, you know, you can zoom in and zoom out. Right. And so you'll be able to like, you know, read like, let's say a whiteboard uh, with like the details on there. Okay, so yeah, we're looking at various like schedules and maybe what's being worked on next and that sort of thing. And it's a very clear zoom too. One would think that you know that it might be an issue, but clearly you're using uh, good cameras, good optics, (laughs) things of that nature. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, our camera is a 4K camera, and so it can give you a really high resolution. Very good. Um, Can you go to a mirror and show us what the robot... Oh, there's a human. (laughs) I just saw a human going crossing the hallway. Yeah, let's go chase uh, that person. Yeah, chase that person, and and let's see if we can... Can we talk to them? Do you have two-way communication? Absolutely, yes. Ah. So let me... um, But one one really cool thing I want to mention uh, briefly is that we have uh, additive manufacturing facility here to build this robot and so you can see like all the 3d printers uh, in a second oh wow uh, that's Very cranking cool. out the parts that will be assembled for the uh, to make the robot you mentioned the 3d printers so uh, that's what you're using to assemble the robots yep that's correct uh, to actually uh, creating the parts and then after that we will assemble them yeah so let me give you a view of the printers um, people always enjoy that Okay, yeah, for sure. And if we happen to pass a mirror, I would love to see what our <laughs> robot looks like. <laughs> we do have a mirror, but uh, in a different room. But uh, yeah, let me you, see you probably have to go to the restroom. And, and, yeah, I don't yeah, know whether you'd be going into will. the male or female restroom with a robot. So, uh, <laughs> But, uh, well, so, this is pretty cool. We're getting a really good tour of uh, uh, Tux manufacturing facilities here as well. It's pretty neat. So you can see here people are working. Uh, and these are the printers you can see on the left-hand side. Oh, wow, there's the a whole row of 3D uh, printers that are obviously very busy regularly. Huh? And so what we do is we have these printers just bring out uh, the parts days and nights. And we take these parts to assemble them to make them become uh, our robot here. Wow. Um, in fact, we design and manufacture these 3D printers using our own 3D printing 
facility. No, so. <laughs> no, no, Doug. Wait a minute. Did you actually just say that you use 3D printers to make 3D printers? That exactly, yeah, uh, right. So I see that's we, using tech. I'm very impressed. <laughs> <laughs> so we have been uh, doing this, and, and it's, it's provided us with a very fast way to iterate uh, different technology and building on it. Tuck, let me interrupt you if you don't mind too terribly much. We got to take a quick commercial break and come back and talk more with Dr. Tuck Vu, the CEO and co-founder of Omni Labs. You want to visit them in the meantime at O H M N I Omni Labs. Dot com. And of course, we'll get you there when you visit into tomorrow.com, which is also where you should come and see the video. You're going to love this tour uh, of their facilities by one of their robots. So do check it out. And we'll be right back. Visit us at intotomorrow.com. Do you owe $10,000 or more on at least two federal student loans? Then you may qualify for new programs offered by the Department of Education. These programs can reduce your interest, lower your payments, and possibly qualify you for loan forgiveness. If you have $10,000 or more and at least two federal student loans and currently not in school, you may qualify for one of these programs. Call now to check your eligibility. Student loan advisors are standing by to help you determine if you qualify for these new programs. They can help you reduce your interest, lower your payment, and even forgive a portion of your student loan debt. Take control of your financial future. Make this free five-minute free call now to Nationwide Student Loans and learn how you can reduce your student loan debt. 800-817-2939-800-817-2939-800-817-2939-800-817-2939. Welcome back into tomorrow and of course visit intotomorrow.com you don't want to miss a minute of not only this week's show but all of our posts and especially this particular interview where you are being given a tour of the robotic manufacturing facilities by a robot do check it out at intotomorrow.com as we continue talking with Dr. Tuck Vu, CEO and co-founder of Omni Labs. Who uses Omni Robots at this point? I mean, it, it sounds from what you're showing, uh, like certainly for businesses, you know, some uh, use a robot to tour a warehouse or uh, maybe even for security, keep an eye on various things uh, or keep an eye on employees for that matter. Not that we're watching you there, sir, in the background. Uh, we hope not. <laughs> But, uh, you know, who would be using your Omni robots at this point? Yeah, so our robots have been used across many different verticals. Um, so what we have seen so far, um, especially with the pandemic, was that, you know, there's a huge demand for robots. And so uh, we've seen our robots being used in hospitals uh, for healthcare yes. to connect COVID patients with their families and um, also nurses and doctors. 
right? Um, we have been deployed in more than 30 hospitals worldwide by now. And I tell you um, what, you bring up a very good point, uh, Dr. Vu, because having spent, unfortunately, a month in the hospital recently with COVID, oh, no. uh, yeah, I, thank God I'm testing negative oh, now the last yeah, couple of times yeah. and still getting rid of a little pneumonia, but working on it. The point is, I would have loved to have been able to have uh, one of your robots working in the hospital uh, in the place of some of the nurses and, and uh, assistants that were having to come in and deliver medication all the time because they had to gown up and extra masks and, you know, they're coming into a COVID room. So they have to have extra protection, whereas mm-hmm. the robot is not likely to catch it <laughs> so or spread it for that matter, hopefully. So it would have been so much easier to deliver meds and, and, and that sort of thing. I don't know that I'd like them to be drawing blood. <laughs> I don't want to stretch out my arm. Uh, here you right. go. Stick a needle in me. I'm sure you uh, know what you're doing. Um, but to deliver the medications and, and check on things or whatever, or even just to communicate perhaps with the nurse's station, mm-hmm. uh, as we were doing with your employee there a few minutes ago. So I can understand that can be very, very helpful. Yeah, and certainly absolutely. into tomorrow, a lot more hospitals can be using Omni robots. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You probably have heard of like heartbreaking stories where COVID patients are stuck in the quarantine room and they don't get to see their families for yes. a long time, right? Yeah. Um, and so hospitals are using our robot now so that family members can dial in and, you know, you know, visit the patients and have a really engaging and natural conversation with them. Um, instead of having, you know, like the nurse had to like use a personal phone yeah. for the patient to use, which is very risky and, oh, you know, not as natural. So these robots then would have a camera and a screen, no doubt, uh, to Mm -hmm. be able to see, in this case, your good example, a family member uh, Mm -hmm. and be able to communicate that way with those on the outside that are just wanting to see that their family member is doing well. And it is certainly safer uh, to do that sort of thing. Uh, Do you think the reason why, in, in my case, during the hospital stay, uh, they didn't have that in my hospital, or if they did, they weren't using it, you know, in my, for me, uh, is the expense. Uh, and are we able to drive those expenses down now with technology, especially with the kinds of things you guys are doing? Yeah, absolutely. So I think the uh, the cost of robots have been coming down quite a bit. Uh, but because of the way that we manufacture and develop our robots, it actually is very affordable. Uh, the product that you uh, were uh, you saw right there was two thousand seven hundred dollars. Oh wow! And so it's you know like an iPad, but yeah. now you have the full mobility, you know, to move around right sure. uh, without any uh, people helping you on the other side. Uh, what kind of of uh, power does it use? How long will it work? I mean, can you can a hospital use it, for example, uh, for a full shift? without having to go plug it in somewhere? And then will it do that on its own? You know, like the robotic vacuums that will know that the battery's going down so it goes home just to charge. Yeah, so our robots uh, on a full charge would be able to operate for five hours. Uh, and then, you know, when it gets to go low on charge, uh, the operator can drive it close enough to the dock. And once you press a button, it will uh, navigate itself to the charging station. Oh, uh, and so, yeah, providing very seamless experience there. What other services can your service robots perform? Um, so what we've seen so far is that, um, you know, it, the robot has become quite an integral uh, tool uh, for businesses 
to get back to the new normal, right? Yeah. Um, you know, Whatever that of, is, we're all trying to figure it out, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So a lot of um, issue with, you know, uh, contactless operations, with social distancing, with travel restriction. Um, and so uh, we've seen people using our robot uh, to do remote uh, training uh, for you know, the, uh, the, the new uh, employees um, or remote support. Um, you know, some people were checking on the airplane uh, engine, <laughs> turbo engine, through the robot, right, so that, you know, they can troubleshoot. I mean, th there are so many things that humans do, whether it's a manufacturing opportunity or otherwise, or sometimes just office thing, where it's just tedious. And they're thinking, you know, why doesn't a robot do this? I can be then more productive doing something else. So there's a good example where it's not going to replace you, but it's going to help you, even if it's Absolutely. just with the tedious tasks. There is so much more that I want to be able to talk to you about, and we've already gone uh, two full segments on the show this week. I absolutely look forward to having you back again soon. Maybe one day we'll we'll get a, an evaluation unit to, to run around our studios and then talk more about it. But I absolutely want to get you back on the show and, and show us more uh, of the kinds of things you guys are doing. Keep up the great work. It's pretty fascinating. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. And uh, thanks for giving me the time to talk about robots it's our and how they could help people to transition into tomorrow. Dr. Tuck Vu is the CEO and co-founder of Omni Labs. And again, it's O-H-M-N-I, omnilabs.com. We'll get you there when you visit us at intotomorrow.com. We're back with more as Into Tomorrow continues. I'm Dave Graveline right here on the Advanced Media Network. Hey guys, it's Sue Cosner, your favorite sexual health expert, with another version of Ask the Pro. This month, I got a letter from Sandy in Seattle about an explosive bedroom secret she and her husband recently discovered. She writes, Dear Sue, my husband and I used to have a great life in the bedroom, but in the last few years, he has struggled. He's tried about everything, but nothing has worked. Then one day he came home and gave me a night I will never forget. He told me about this secret formula, Noxitril, that changed our life in the bedroom once and for all. Wow, Sandy, you beat me to it. I recommend Noxitril to every guy that struggles in the bedroom. It's the only one. Noxitril is all natural and works to increase blood flow fast. It's like that little blue pill on steroids. Noxitril has a special free bottle offer shipped discreetly to your door. To find out how to get your bottle of Noxitril, call 800-574-5007. 800-574-5007. Get your free bottle for a limited time. Call now. 800-574-5007. 800-574-5007. Hi, it's Dave's grandson, Cameron. From all of us at NT Tomorrow, I especially hope that your Christmas is extra special, just like you, and that Santa gives you all the tech that you want. So be good. I have now back to my favorite elf, Pepe Dave. Oh, well, thank you, Cameron. And yes, Santa was good to him, I think it's safe to say. Yes. Last week. And now into the new year. So happy new year to everyone tuned 
into tomorrow. I am Dave Graveline, his uh, favorite elf. I'm Chris Graveline, who will be paying Santa for the next year plus. <laughs> yes, that's kind of how that works. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to adulting. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you in part by Stream Guys, streaming media and podcasting solutions for the smartest businesses on the Internet. Visit StreamGuys.com. Lee in Windsor, Ontario, Canada, listens on AM 800 CKLW. Last I heard, they're still the information station. What did Lee have to say? He says, I have an iPad, but still use this clunker computer with Windows XP. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it says Google Chrome updates can't be received because of this. Not concerned about much stuff because I only use this for home fun and not for banking. Just saying hi to family in Florida, etc. Should I be concerned when something pops up saying I have to replace the browser? I don't want to have to pay for anything and have been okay for a long time. Well, Oh, don't blame you, Lee. It's it's not good. You're missing security updates, and you're likely far more vulnerable than users on supported systems. Now, having said that, Microsoft stopped supporting XP way back in 2014, and Google dropped Chrome support for XP in 2016. So your situation's probably not about to change. You're not in a great place, but you haven't been for a while, as you know. If you're going to continue to use an operating system that old, you won't find many, if any, browsers that will still support it. And having said that, Microsoft not supporting it either is probably a bigger problem. Yeah, with something that's been that out of date for so long, you'll probably notice that many parts of the modern internet won't work for you either, and more will start to fail as time goes by. So you may want to think about buying a cheap replacement for that computer when you can. You've been on an unsupported system for a long time already. Yeah. Lee, sorry, I wish we could wave a magic wand and solve that kind of a problem for you, but it's just not in the cards. Time to get something new, perhaps. You deserve it. Make it a New Year's gift to yourself. And meet us at intotomorrow.com.